Hello and welcome to the Arc of E podcast. My name is Noah and I have a very special guest today. Uh, it's becoming more of a regular occurrence here on the network, which is awesome. Uh, but technically, this is his first visit to the Arc of E podcast, the newly formed Arc of E podcast. Please say hello to Mr. Sunshine. Mayfield. Oh, hello. Excited to be here. Excited to, to join you, uh, at least, you know, um, in podcast form. We are we are quarantining the way that we need to. Yes, we're on, doing on a things. great job of social distancing. I am in Charleston, South Carolina, and where are you, sir? Oh, I'm all the way up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. That is correct. So this is about as safe as it can be. Uh, more uh, than six feet. Yes. So... Um, are you guys just out of curiosity? We haven't talked about this off mic. Are you guys still working? Are you still going in? No. So I work with kids, and all our schools are closed, and um, so everything there is. We're kind of off, but we're we're kind of working from home and planning and doing different things to f- kind of figure out, like, all right, how do we still support the community even though we're not running, you know, mm-hmm. day camps and and after school programs and things like that. So. Um, we are keeping busy for sure, but we are we're doing it from the from our own homes as of right now. Gotcha. Uh, I mentioned it in the previous cast with Gavin. Uh, I work in the food service industry. We are still open in a takeout only capacity, and definitely business has dropped off. But we have a small staff, so luckily we've still been able to you know keep hours going for everybody. Uh, but it, it's it's different now. It's definitely different. Uh, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to lighten the mood, or attempt to. Uh, you and I have planned to talk about this particular topic for a while. This is your idea, basically, that you brought to me. And I like to was think kind of a joint idea. Well, yeah, but you, you kicked it off and we expanded on it. But anyways, it was brought on by uh, Hulu's High Fidelity. Uh, Ugh, so good. So I figured maybe we do a little mini-review here at the top, talk about why that show works so well. And then we will have our big top five discussion, which is our top five TV, or excuse me, our top five movies uh, that need to be rebooted as TV shows, or we'd like to see our dream projects, if you will. Uh, And we're going to kind of pitch back and forth, and then hopefully we can get some listener feedback. I'd love to hear some, you know, some other ideas. Oh, for uh, sure. For sure. That's the idea. So uh, you and I both uh, blazed through it. The first weekend it dropped. We've talked about it plenty off mic, but let's try and sell uh, the listeners who may not already be on board with the show uh, and why they should be watching it. So I'm going to let you take it away. All right. As someone who loves the movie, absolutely loves the movie and loves the book, you can go into these things and be a little bit hesitant about like what's going to happen because For sure. when you're taking two source material or one source material and turning it into a 10 episode series, there's a lot... Uh, you know that there's going to be some changes in the story just to be able to stretch it out. Um, but you also know there's going to be some things they can elaborate on from the book that weren't exactly in um, the movie. And also, like, they're updating it. It's like a 20-year difference between now and uh, when the John Cusack flick came out. And so right. how are they going to do that? And is it going to stay in the same time frame? What's it going to look like? So um, really appreciated all the, the modernization that they did to it. I um, think they were very clever in the way they like incorporated uh, things like Instagram and Spotify. And um, especially as they're still in this kind of dying record record store industry. Um, mm-hmm. I think switching it to uh, Zoe Kravitz played really well. I think she's incredible. Um, I love all the things that they did with their character, and it's still just downright funny. There's still so many moments that you get lost in um, that I think that are, uh, 
you know, you've got Jack Black is in it in his uh, in his all his glory, which uh, you know, honestly, you could probably call it like the start of Jack Black. Um, are close Definitely. to as a, as a breakout persona. I feel like prior to that, he's got some bit parts here and there, but that's when he kind of arrived. Well, and he's very will. Jack Black in it, right? Like the Jack Black sure. you know from School of Rock is definitely the same Jack Black that is in, you know, High Fidelity. Um, mm-hmm. And so the the character switches they make, um, the way that they they bring in more family members of Rob, the way that they. Um, really just tell the story over 10 episodes and kind of leave it open for what's, you know, coming up next. I think they, I, I just think it was masterfully done. I think it's Yeah, funny. I think they left enough on the table that we're both very excited to come back for a season two. And we, I, I think you kind of agreed with me in as much as the more and more it moved away from the source material and kind of just became its own thing, um, I enjoyed it more and more because it yes. does a great job of paying homage to the, the book and the movie and all of those nostalgia hits are like perfect and the the variations and the subversions of them are awesome as well but it really felt like to me especially by the last like three episodes or so that it's really like okay this is what the show is now so i i look forward to more of it i i think it was a you know a reasonable success i'm sure more people are watching it now uh that they're on lockdown if they hadn't caught up with it already so huge recommendation from us the the only thing that for me t- tops it in terms of what we're going to be talking about uh, is the often mentioned on this podcast and over on the old TV arc feed, uh, Cobra Kai over on YouTube. Uh, I disagree, but yeah, you, you know, we have our... I, I know you disagree. I have more of an affinity for the franchise. Gavin and I have gone on about it at length, but in terms of adapting something that's near and dear to my heart and doing it in an interesting and creative way... That still is the tops for me, just in terms of what they've pulled off so far. Can't wait for season three. All right. You are the guest, sir. I will say, do you want to kick it off, or you can kick it to me? I'm good with either. Dude, I'm happy to start start it off. I'll do Please that. Please do. Okay. Your number five movie that should be turned into a TV show. All right. Here's... So I think for me, as I'm creating my list, I did a lot of movies that I think were either okay or fine, and like things that we could potentially if they would have had more runtime would have been able to be stretched out and kind of developed more we would have seen a success um so okay. my first one is a movie that came back in 2011 Alrighty. and it stars our boy Justin Timberlake the movie okay. is called In Time did not see it it is not good it is not a good okay. movie I love JT <laughs> Love him. Think he's a great we, entertainer uh, and, and a pretty agreed. solid actor. Um, and I, I just think that there wasn't enough time to really develop. I think the premise is really what drew me into like I would love to see this as a TV show. Basically, everyone's you know, has a credit of twenty four hours of of time to live, um, and then based off the work that you do or the things that you buy, that time goes up or down. And so you're really your currency is the the time left that you have living. Um, and so if, you, if you're rich enough, you can live forever. And if you're not, um, and so there's a lot of class struggles that happen throughout this thing. Um, and I really, I think you could stretch that out into a really good series with that premise. Um, hear me out. The showrunner okay. would be Dennis Villanueva. <laughs> Denny Villeneuve. Okay. You know, whatever the name is pronounced. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to do the best I can, Noah. I, I, 
I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. Instead of Justin Timberlake, I think you put Daniel Kaluuya in there. All right. I'm and liking then, it more and more. And then instead of Amanda Seyfried as like the the, the side character, I think you drop in Alicia Vikander. Um, and All I right. think you've got a really solid show from that point forward that could that could last as long as you need it to. So okay. that's so my number we're five. saying more of a long form series, maybe not limited or like small scope. Okay. Correct. I think you could really. I think that's something you could have really stretched out and All made right. something awesome, but not a good movie and one that most people forget. And I think that's sometimes what makes really great television. Um, you take movies like Westworld and completely yeah, kind of prime example them. even though some would argue with you about season two of westworld sure but uh, whether when you're talking about the first season it, the first yeah. season is probably one of the greatest seasons of yeah, television by itself agree um yes. and then yeah two gets into its thing and let's see if three can can course correct but we um, shall see but for we'll the see. first season it is it is amazing and i think that that's a really good example of a movie you just you took one that no one really knew of or, or like it was kind of like a b movie and um, really expand upon it, and so I think that's yeah, what you could one, do. Yeah, one of time. those movies where I think the poster is more famous than the movie itself. Like yes. people know the look of Yul Brenner and everything, but people who had actually like sat through it start to finish. Because I remember watching that as a I was probably ten or eleven, and it was like, oh, it's Westworld. Like, what a cool concept. It's kind of like Terminator, blah blah blah. And actually sitting down and watching it, and it was one of those where I was like, this is you know, this is okay. This is not that great, but it had been presented to me as kind of a classic prior to that. And then I kind of realized, well, you know, not, not all movies age incredibly well. Uh, so that, that was a great, yeah, a lane for them to pick for that show, which is like, it has a, a vague bit of knowledge and like people coming into that first season, having seen the movie have a very interesting twist awaiting them in the, in the premiere specifically. But it really didn't extend much beyond that. The show immediately kind of became its own thing. So, yeah. Uh, but no, great, great pick. So, end time, which end I guess time. I gotta watch now. I guess you don't. It's not good. It's okay. not like it's so fine. skip it. Like, okay. Yeah, you don't need to watch the movie. But if the series comes out, uh, uh, you know, we'll we'll pin it. That I they, guess that they yeah. oh, what's the rights to that? You know, we'll see. Uh, okay. I kind of went a completely different direction, which is I, I picked a lot of, in my mind, like stone-cold classics that I would just like to see uh, reinterpreted or remixed, if you will. Uh, so in that spirit, I'm going to take you back to 2006. I hope this is not stepping on your toes, um, but I would I would like to see Brick, the TV show. You know I love Brick. Who doesn't love a Ryan Johnson film? The guy has not made a bad movie. Here's my here's my main pitch for it though. Uh, the first season is essentially a a remake or a remix of the the narrative of the movie. Okay, that's your first season. But then you leave the door open for staying within that world of like the again like the '40s '50s noir aesthetic, but on a modern day high school. Uh, but here's my kicker: Ryan Johnson. You know he's a busy man. I understand. You're, you're probably not going to get him to come in. Maybe you get him for the pilot. Maybe. But here's who I want as showrunner. And I don't want them on the show. I just want them as showrunner. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay? Yeah, that could be fun. He knows the world. He is has become, I feel like, more of a behind-the-scenes dude. 
Um, he hasn't been in front of the camera, like high profile in quite a while. Yeah. And I could see him like taking over this space and like building a cool new young cast of like interesting people and just exploring this world. Cause it's so essentially, you... it's like twin peaks light in a lot of ways. Uh, in my mind, it's yeah. never going to get as weird as twin peaks, but it has the, the hook of the, again, the noir aesthetic and dialogue. So I, I think it could work. I think so, it could be a really moody and you could do them as like short mysteries almost where I'm talking like maybe six episode seasons little and they do them like every couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause it's uh it's interesting. I, I think we can agree that each network kind of has their, their niche of the type of television they run. Um, uh-huh. the CW has got a very different like thing than Freeform, which is very different than FX, which is very different than, um, AMC or HBO. So what network do you see this show running on? I mean, I, I want it as like an HBO limited series, maybe more like a true detective length, maybe like eight episodes a gotcha. season. All right. Uh, I want that treatment for it, but I do understand that like when you would be pitching it, people probably would think this is a CW show like immediately just because of the age demographic but that wasn't really the target for the movie in the first place so i yeah i think you make this essentially for the fans of the movie and a little bit of an older crowd so to me yeah hbo would be the dream home but maybe they'd have to settle for showtime or cinemax i don't know all right yeah okay uh that's my number five so uh back to you for your number four all right my number four comes from 2001 um, okay. and currently stars you know a guy that we know and love and by no I mean know of him um, starring Ryan Gosling and another person you might have heard of named Billy Zane okay and I'm gonna say let's remake The Believer all uh, right. As a TV show. Here's how I think you switch it up. I think you switch it up by not necessarily doing it exactly the way, but something in the same vein as The Believer, where it's a lot about social commentary and um, marginalized groups of individuals. And I think mm-hmm. you can really have something that's good. Um, I think Ava DuVernay, as the showrunner, would... Uh, most most well known for her recent Netflix success, um, which was the one about the Central Park Five. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, uh, I can't. Why can't I? When they when see they us, see us, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think you put her on a showrunner, um, and here's who I think you cast. Ready? Hit me with it. Caleb Landry Jones. Okay. That kind of goes without saying. I mean, I don't even think they audition him for this. It's oh, right. just, like just that's, an open offer. Him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you again, that uh, that could probably be more of a limited series uh, telling the story arc, but I think you could get some. Yeah, I don't know how long you want to dwell in that. Maybe you could eke three seasons out of it, but that definitely feels like more of a limited series yeah, for sure. So that would be um, the show. Side question. Have yes. you seen the trailer for a film called Burden? Burden. No, I haven't, but I just actually saw it pop up in the news um or on the news uh, okay. feed um just because it was it comes out it came out right around the time um oh no i have seen this trailer yes yeah forrest yeah. whitaker um excuse, what is his name oh my gosh why is the lead actor's name escaping me 
the dude from uh uh Garrett Tron? Headland. Yeah. Garrett Headland, thank you. Yes. Yep. Tron, four brothers, many, many movies. Uh Usher's in here as well. Tom Wilkinson. Yes, Tom Wilkinson as a uh a KKK member. But basically it's yeah, a refor- a former KKK member trying to redeem himself. Uh trailer looks very compelling uh hopefully this one's like available online sometime soon what's weird but i was gonna say it came out in 2018 but but probably festival release or did they push this i'm not sure just now seeing trailers for it so it's just it's been in front of the last two movies i saw in theaters before the shutdown which were wendy and uh portrait lady on fire Mm -hmm. i saw the same trailer twice and i was like okay i would totally go see this actually and then yep it's it's not gonna be here yet so Anyways, that just made me think of that. Uh, so, solid pick. Uh, very heavy. I, and where does the believer stand for you in as much as, like, is that a flawed one that you think needs to be fixed? Or do you think it's pretty well-structured and just, like, an update would be I, I think it's middle of the road. I don't think it's bad by any means. And um, I think I, it's a I great like early Gosling. performance from yeah. him. I think the movie around it is uh, maybe not as, like, yeah. it's as a, deep it's, as we'd like it to be. It's a six Or as thoughtful as you'd like it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, my uh, my number four. I'm gonna lighten things up a little bit. All right, uh, I'm gonna take you back to '86. This is definitely a nostalgia play, a hundred percent. Big Trouble in Little China, the TV show. I feel like that's actually been like kicked around before. Well, the, they've been talking about remaking it as a movie for a very long time. And I've heard different incarnations. At one point, The Rock was attached, which sounded like a terrible idea to me. But I uh, love The Rock. Put him in everything. Here, here's what I think your template for it is, though. And a show that ran for a while and had a lot of success, Ash versus the Evil Dead. That's, like, the, the mode that I see this slipping into. And for, like, hardcore Big Trouble fans, you probably know that there's been an extended, like, comic book series about the Jack Burton character. Like having all sorts of different crazy adventures so you've got other source material there but you could also just you know go off of what we know from the movie and expand from there but essentially yeah we're just following jack burton and i in my mind you get kurt russell i mean bruce campbell came back for for ash and it's one of his most iconic roles i think you could get him to do it at least for like a short run but i think it could be super fun and play on a little bit of the 80s nostalgia my dream director of course is you get carpenter to come back but the likelihood of that happening is very slim so i have some backups one mr adam wingard I fair could be yeah, down yeah, with yeah. That. uh and and or uh seth rogan and evan goldberg because this feels like it might be in their wheelhouse they've had a lot of successful tv adaptations so far so i, I could see them Taken, taken it on. I don't know how they feel about Carpenter in general. Never really heard them, you know, screaming from the rooftops about him. But uh, I could see them handling that type of mix of comedy and action, fantasy, all of that, all together at once. So that's my number four. All right. Big trouble in China. I dig it. All right. You ready for three? Absolutely. All right. This is kind of a new movie. Okay. okay. All right. Um. I'm talking 2019's Bombshell. All right. I thought it was fine. I think it deserved more time, maybe a little bit more focus, um, really lay heavy into like 
the emotions, but I love breaking the fourth wall and I love the bits of comedy they had in there. Um, mm-hmm. Thus, with those two main uh, features, can you guess who I'd want as the showrunner? I, I, I don't know. I want me some Phoebe Waller-Bridge, man. Oh, okay. okay. I want her show running this, and I want her to be able to drop in those bits of comedy when they're needed, but I also feel like she's got the ability to make you feel the gravity of the situation, and she's not going to pull any punches. So um, I think that she could you could just stretch that out into a miniseries, and I think you could still probably can, um, and I think it would be good. I think it could be real good. Um. I caught up with the movie recently as well. I think I liked it a little more than you did, but I did also have the feeling of like this could have been, I mean, HBO has done a lot of movie of the moment type things over the years that are just like, here's, you know, two hours on this particular subject. And it did kind of feel like, Hey, maybe a little bit of an expanded version I would have enjoyed, but I, I thought it was effective what we got there, even if it is kind of a truncated tale telling of everything. Um, just mainly it's a performance movie and that's what overwhelmed it for me i thought the three leads were all phenomenal yeah. and it moved along in a nice clip it's a movie i would rewatch, but yeah i i definitely could watch more of it for sure so i i'd be down for that that's definitely i think a limited series run obviously yeah um unless you start to expand it into you know all the other the history of fox before. news now there was the roger ale show with russell crowe right oh maybe I think that was last year, uh, The Loudest Voice, I believe. Oh, then that seems like I just missed a bullet on a choice. Well, and I, I don't know how, you know, I don't know what the perspective of that show is. Yeah, I don't it, know if you're uh, in, yeah, that looks like it locked came out in with seven him part the whole time, series. if it's kind of a mosaic of a bunch of other people in the Fox News family, or what the deal is. But, uh, yeah, it was on Showtime or some, some network that I don't have, so I never it, checked it out. It but was on I Showtime. I think he won an Emmy, maybe, or was uh, at least nominated. Uh, he won a Golden Globe. Golden Globe. Okay, so it doesn't count. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so. Um, um. But yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with you there. But I I think I enjoyed the movie a little more than you did. Uh, I think I would want the focus not to be so much on ales, but to be uh, about women in media, and mm-hmm. like what that would could look like. Um. Yeah, that's where that's where my heart kind of stands on that one. All right. Um. Okay. Well, I closed out my list hold on a second this is my number three okay um this this might be a pretty wild one hopefully you'll go on the journey with me uh i'm going back man to the 70s okay all right i'm 1977 to be exact and this this movie is a remake in and of itself, so I don't know which title you want to use, but I I want to see a limited series. This is a this is a one off eight episode limited engagement. So hopefully we can get all of these people in on it. I want to see Sorcerer slash The Wages of Fear adapted into an eight episode limited series. Okay, uh, Sorcerer, of course, directed by Mr. William Friedkin. It's a remake of. Wages of Fear by, I believe, Francois Clouseau, um, and I, I may be fucking up the first name as well, but... Henry Georges. Henry Clouseau, excuse yeah. me. Uh, for the unfamiliar, though, it, it's about a bunch of down-and-out dudes who find themselves in South America, uh, an unnamed South American country through a series of different events. They're 
they're all from different walks of life and in different stages, but they're all criminals, essentially. At the end of their ropes, they end up in the South American country, and they get offered a job to, an extremely dangerous job, of driving a truck full of nitroglycerin to a well fire that's out of control that needs to be shut down, essentially. They got to go 300 miles through jungle, mountains, etc., all with, you know, they could blow up at any moment, all right? I want four episodes where we get introduced to our four protagonists because the movie sorcerer starts with these like vignettes of how they all end up there Mm -hmm. and they're pretty much wordless it's great visual storytelling very engaging but i you could do a full hour for each of these guys and how they end up there or maybe you do flashback structure and they're in the midst of the job and you cut back to it but this is sorcerer in particular is tension uh beyond belief it is one of the most tense movie watching experiences i've ever had every time i go back to it never fails i want the safety brothers to make this movie because oh, it would also allow them to expand their scope and go a little more globe trotty which we saw a bit of with the opening of uncut gems but take that energy that manic intense realistic grounded energy and apply it to this story I, I think you got a recipe for success. And again, we keep it down to eight episodes, maybe smaller. And I feel like you can get them on board, get the budget it needs and like really do something special. So sorcerer and or wages of fear, however you want to title it. That's my pick. All right. Yeah. I don't know, man. We have different views on the safety brothers. I have, you love them and I have like, I appreciate them, but I'm fine with not feeling like my heart is about to explode every time I watch their movies. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Due to like having um, cocaine. I was trying to I was trying to think of somebody who's it. a a good a good master of tension at the moment. And like Saulnier came to mind, but I I didn't know about the scope and the kind of globe trot equality if that would work with his vibe. Uh, yeah, so he's, that's, he that's where I landed was local, with the safties. But, centralized in like locations. Yeah. But re- I mean really anybody who has experience like creating high amounts of tension and then of course we got to get a cool score in there ideally you have tangerine dream come back and do new music for it but who knows uh but yeah that's my number three all right so all right you ready for my number two go for it i'm taking it back even further i'm going 1967 all right all right all right i want uh i can give you a clue i can give you a clue this is a, a movie Based off of a novel, <laughs> okay, about the rise and fall of three young women in show business. Three young women. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What is it? I want Jennifer Kent to be the showrunner for the television reboot of Valley of the Dolls. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want. I, I would watch said show. All right. I want I want Anya Taylor Joy as one of the leads. Okay. I want Zendaya as one of the leads. And I want okay. Tati Gabrielle as one of the leads. Not familiar with the third actress. She is uh she has plays a bit part on the new Sabrina series, but I think she's okay. one of the most like underrated parts of that show. Um okay. but I think the three of them and really telling that from like instead of being like a oh you shouldn't do drugs movie it to be way more of a oh look at these situations that are completely unrealistic and terrible for these girls 
and kind of dive mm-hmm. into. And I think it gives us a little bit of a chance to kind of like sh- show that like Hollywood can like tear itself apart too and be like, nope, these are terrible things that like about our industry um, that we should stop doing. Um, but I think that could honestly be like a really long show, like five seasons. You could probably pull that out of. Um, yeah. But I would love to see Jennifer Kent kind of run that because um, we know that she's got the ability to one make us just pull unbelievably realistic performances out of her actors, um, mm-hmm. and two, just the um, the scope to make you feel just tension and emotion like no other as you're watching her movies. So I would love to see Jennifer Kent's The Valley of the Dolls. Okay, dude, I I, I am thoroughly enjoying your list. I can't wait to see what number one is, but. Oh. Uh, it's going to seem like a joke, but I'm being dead serious. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with my top two. So well, well, let me see if I can sell you on this one. My number two, it's Dazed and Confused. Okay. Oh, yeah. Which also happens to be my second favorite movie of all time. But here's, here's my big grand idea. First of all, you get Richard Linklater on board. Okay. The first season is essentially a reimagining or remix of the original movie, okay, set in the 70s. Season 2, it, it's a high school in the 80s. Season 3, 90s, and so on and so forth. We do five seasons all the way up through the 2010s, and we look at high school and how it evolves, what stays the same, what archetypes of characters, you know, are always ever-present, how do they shift, um... And you, I, I don't know if you keep it in the same school um, through the decades or if you jump around, like, geographically. That could be interesting as well. That could be. But I think of it as a, a long-form boyhood-slash-the-before-series-esque project of telling a, a long-form narrative not about specific characters but about how the environment of high school changes long-term. This is kind of, before it actually premiered, this is a little bit of what I thought Vice Principals was going to be. Because as it was pitched, I think initially it was going to be three seasons, and it was going to be one season about the students, one season about the faculty, and one season about the parents or something like that. Okay. And it was going to be this grand kind of high school epic. And then eventually what we got is what we got, and I love that show. But that's what I initially remember hearing them pitching it as. Uh, so it kind of piggybacks a little bit on that idea. But again, I think you get Linkletter on board and he would be down for the, I get to, you know, bring in a whole new cast every year. I get to recreate these different eras. I get to pick the soundtrack. Like, th- this is a total Netflix five season in and out, like a nostalgia play, but something that can have a lot more depth to it uh, at the same time. That, so that's my idea. All right, I'm in. I'll watch that for sure. Okay. All right, you ready oh, for my number one? That was an easy sell. That was so easy. Well, I mean, how, we like, of course. Because I know, And you get high school shows. They're out there and they exist, and they normally typically have a gimmick, but having one And that's And that's why I specifically say, say dazed and you would want him involved because, again, the guy is one of the best naturalistic storytellers that, that's ever existed in terms of directors. Um, and I feel like a lot of modern high school stuff tends to be maybe a little too heightened. I mean, I loved the first season of Euphoria, but there is that little bit of you that's just like, is this, you know, is this, this really real? what high school is like, like? How realistic is this? But 
so the more grounded, uh, and this also uh, it's a little bit of a cheat. I'm assuming this is not your number one or anything, but you can probably bring a little bit of the the magic of the Feig, Apatow, Freaks and Geeks, Undeclared verse to it. Uh, and that's that, what that I was thinking. Grounded yeah. human vibe that still breeds a lot of comedy, but has a lot of pathos to it as well. That's right. Um, which is what makes Freaks and Geeks so special. What that show could have been if it was four seasons, right? Um, yeah, and again, I'm always pulling for, I don't need a full-on series, but I would love just a two-hour reunion uh, movie for Freaks and Geeks and for Undeclared as well. I think that would be awesome. Uh, okay, you, it's, it's time for number one. It's man. time. Lay it on me. This is a movie that I think is, is bad. Um, okay. I think Gavin probably has a special place in his heart for this movie, if I had <laughs> okay. to guess. But I, I think that we could make him have fun with a TV show. 2001, starring the movie stars Shannon Elizabeth. Okay. Matthew Lillard. Okay. Tony Shalhoub. 13 Ghosts? I want a TV series of 13 <laughs> Ghosts. Okay. So this I'll, is The Haunting of Hill House. But the extreme or the the twisted version. Yes, I want the more okay. twisted version. I want the episode that kind of features on each individual ghost. It's great um, setup, absolutely. Yeah, I, I want like the story of how they became what they became and how they got trapped in there. I want. I think you could take the honestly the whole like rich collector of unique things dies and leaves it to his nephew and like. Mm-hmm. I think you could really play and have fun with that. Um, and just like uh, The Haunting of Hill House, I want Mike Flanagan to run it. I think he would be the perfect person to do a 13 Ghost Television remake. Um, Dude, I mean, he, we are getting a second season, and supposedly it's a whole new story, so fingers crossed, maybe it is a stealth 13 Ghost TV series. Exactly. I'll take it. But, I, you know, I think he's made a good name for himself because of The Haunting of Hill House, and I think 13 Ghost is a movie that, like, if it's on, I'll watch it, but yes. it's never good. <laughs> Yeah, it is one of those where the hyper stylized, like we're gonna do shaky cam, like quick cuts to scare you kind of thing. Well, and um, like the weird, like it's re- shredding God. ball that hangs around Tony Shalhoub, and like mm-hmm. the like, I don't need that in it, right? But like, I think you could have fun with some lore and some hieroglyphics, and like some really like get kind of buffy with it as well. Um, Absolutely, and I mean the aesthetic of that movie outside of the kind of you know grimy new metal like vibe to it. 2001 metal um, just yeah. the actual like design of the house i really dig so if you can incorporate that i mean i think that's the key element that was really cool in that movie the was doors the that house. move and stuff yes yeah uh yeah and that would definitely differentiate it quite a bit from hill house where you have this very stately old manner what we're used to seeing in ghost stories and here you have this completely transparent like you know just fright house which would be really cool too yeah solid pick man yeah that was my number one i thought you and again yeah uh this one a lot of people probably would identify as a bad movie they're they're wrong they're they're just wrong they don't get it they don't appreciate it they don't understand 2006 is Southland Tales for Mr. Richard Kelly. Yeah, I uh, still have never seen it. Uh, that you're part of the problem, first of all. Uh, so you should correct that. Doesn't it have the rock in it right now? What's that? Isn't the rock in that movie? 
uh, yes, among one of my favorite casts ever assembled. Yeah, I've the, never the, watched. The oddest collection of individuals that somehow created what in my mind is a modern masterpiece that nobody appreciates. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Sean William Scott, uh, Will Sasso, Sherry O'Terry, uh, Amy Poehler, uh, Wood Harris. Who else we got in there? Um, Holmes Osborne, John Larroquette, Mandy Moore. Uh, need I say more? No. I, I can. You got I so can. many people. But for the, again, unfamiliar, because I know it's also a little seen and much maligned by a lot of people that have seen it. This was Richard Kelly's follow-up to Donnie Darko, one of the biggest cult movies of all time. And in my mind, Southland should be just as well regarded and have just the same level of cult status. And I don't think it's ever really gotten there. It was made as a reaction to the Bush administration. And it is a fantastical end-of-the-world send-up satire a la something like kind of a bizarro Doctor Strangelove, if you will, with a giant mosaic of characters all across the Southland of California, uh, including a, a movie star with amnesia played by The Rock, uh, a, a racist cop, or one who's posing as one anyways, played by Sean William Scott, who also happens to be uh, a twin. Uh, you, we'll get into all of that. At some point, when we eventually discuss this movie, I've threatened it for like years on this network, but it's it's one of my favorites. It was underappreciated in its time, and I think fairly misunderstood, and a lot of that had to do with the expectations coming off of Darko, but it rewards rewatches, and I think if you update this for the era we're in now, it has so many things that are just like great universal building blocks of like he created a great unique sci-fi premise, like... A, basically a story where it's on the verge of a dystopic future. It hasn't quite happened yet, but we're living in the final days of it. Um, so it could be very timely for right now, but I think you update this and like bring in elements of what's just happened with the, the Trump administration in general, and maybe some of the elements in this movie that seemed like too satirical or fantastical uh, are maybe a little too close to reality. So maybe people wouldn't really want to see this show right now, but... I I do, and I would love for Richard Kelly to come out of hiding and give us and just this do as a TV show All uh, right. and and an update. So that is, that's my big play. I want Southland Tales, the TV show. In my mind, it could go on forever, but uh, you got at least a solid three seasons out of it. Well, I just looked at it. It's a two-hour and 30-minute movie with The Rock. Like, that's a that's an epic Yes, um, and it's it's an epic movie where you'll see a chapter card at the beginning that says chapter four, I believe, and you'll be questioning, so where was chapters one through three? And they were in a graphic novel that was released before the movie came out. So it, it does not hold your hand, and it takes it takes a few times through to actually grasp all of the universal stuff that's going on, where it's just like, what what is some of this? But it's also just wonderfully weird and wacky and has a crazy cast, and just kind of a subversive, like, you know, sense of humor to it that maybe some people won't feel has aged well, but maybe some people will be like, no, this is the perfect kind of reaction to what we're living in right now. Uh, I think you would do amazing things with it. I'm going to shut up. That's my pick. Southland Tales, number one TV show or movie that should be turned into a TV show. I've been flipping it the whole episode. Sounds great. I'm in. I'll watch it. Okay. Did you have any honorable mentions? Um, I put The Wicker Man as an honorable mention, um, well, as one of the ones that like I think would be a fun series. 
Um, you know what I started to say? I was like, didn't we kind of get that with the apostle? And then I remembered that apostle was actually a movie. A it movie. was not a series. It just felt but like yeah. a series. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you could easily turn that into 10 episodes, uh, and really have some fun with it, but we've gotten so many movies how that are you, on a similar vein. The, the that, question like, with that one to me it. though, is how do you, how do you deal with the twist, which is, I feel like more widely known now, how do you deal with that as like what you're building to? I feel like you've got to come up with some kind of cool subversion. I don't know what you would do, but. Dude, yeah. it'd be interesting if it like turned into some pagan versus pagan ritual. So like he's not really religious, but like it was all a trick. Yeah, that's. I think like, you would have to like at some point. Yeah, Captain Howdy is not who we who he we says think he is. is. Yeah. Uh, that there's more to uh, it. Than... The only two honorable mentions I had, uh, I kind of bumped this because I had Days and Confused on there, but Almost Famous is my favorite movie of all time, and I would love to see that. Particularly in its era, but another one where you could go through the different eras of music or just do a modern version of it. Like, what does it look like for, you know, a 14 or 15 year old kid to be on the road with like a struggling mid-level band in today's climate? That's and, like, interesting really explore that you say that. Gig culture and like what just what life is like on the road. I feel like we haven't really seen a show like that. Of course, Cameron Crowe did try to make roadies uh, on Showtime a couple years ago which ostensibly was almost famous the TV show but actually wasn't when it when it finally got delivered so he never really fully made good on the promise of that so I would love for somebody else to step in and and give us that vibe uh, or the equivalent of it. it doesn't have to be called almost famous but I want that you type want that of narrative show. yeah yes it was interesting uh, I thought wouldn't uh wouldn't that thing you do be a nice little flip for uh absolutely a movie I rewatched uh, recently yeah, and it's totally still charming and holds up yeah pretty solid uh i had one other one which is kind of a cheat i thought about putting them both on the list but uh i would love to see another david lynch series considering that twin peaks the return is like my favorite piece of entertainment ever um but i would love to for him to go back to maybe the wild at heart universe um those characters uh sailor and lula played by nick cage and laura dern they're in several novels by the author of Wild at Heart, uh, Barry Gifford. Uh, he has a whole series of Sailor and Lula novels, so you could adapt any of those, do a mix of all of them, and you know do it season to season. Uh, I also would love Mulholland Drive, the TV show. It was originally supposed to be a TV show, and in a lot of ways, Twin Peaks: The Return is kind of like you know a third of it is very Mulholland Drive, so. Uh, I kind of already got it. That's part of why I didn't put it on the list, but I would still love to see that universe specifically set in L.A. and all the twisted things that go on in the CD underbelly. Uh, yeah. Agreed. So that, that was it for honorable mentions. There I, we go. Was, I think we had some nice, interesting, varied choices, some good pitches. So I would love to hear from the listeners. Please email us at thearchive at gmail.com. You can also shout at us on Instagram at the Arc of E Network or on Twitter at the Arc of E. Uh, let us know which one you want to see immediately, basically, because we know they were all fantastic ideas and you loved every single one of them. Uh, and then also let us know what your pick is. Like, let us know your pitch. Okay? And we'll, we'll discuss those on a future episode. But anything else you want to tell the listeners before we jump into uh, a little what we've been watching slash listening to? No, just uh, you know, just 
continue to social distance and watch a lot of good television and listen to some music and take care of yourself. And dream, you know? up, dream up ideas and maybe write some spec scripts for uh, movies that should be adapted into TV shows because oh, yeah. we're, we're going to have to rebuild the entertainment industry at some point. Maybe you can start filming in your living room right now some test footage. So yeah. go What for should it. our next top five list be? I, I think our next top five list should be TV shows that should be turned into movies. It should have been Because movies. I keep saying it this whole time. Uh, and that would also require us to think a little differently. What do you lose? What do you What do you isolate as the core of, of the given show? I think that could be interesting. Or like what character do you want to just focus on? Um, I would have said Fantasy Island, but that turned out poorly. Hey, yeah, that just happened. Yeah. That just happened. It was not good. I heard the Downton Abbey movie was good, but I, I've never watched a second of that show, so I didn't really see a need for me to watch the movie. And that's the question: uh, is is it a, is it a, <laughs> do you make a movie based off a show as like a sequel, similar to like Downton Abbey or Serenity was to Firefly, or is it something that's like you're taking the series itself and turning right. it and into? I, I know like the okay, like the Sex and the City ones were successful, and like I think the Entourage movie did okay, but those are like, you know sequels to half hour comedies essentially where it's like okay we're just going to shove a bunch of jokes into a two hour movie and like we're going to send them off to a location but I like I'm trying to think of other successful like when has it worked when has it ever worked and been exciting I, I, and I think I got it I don't I got know it actually it's the X-Files movie the first X-Files movie maybe like, I don't know to if you were a fan in the day and you were excited for the movie, it totally delivered. It did like basically punt the football at the end for like any big answers on questions that people had from the series, but it functioned as a really entertaining, like action packed, thrilling movie that you could see the scaled up budget and everything. And then it perfectly kind of flowed right back into the series itself. Now they tried to do a sequel years later after that the show had ended its run proper and before they brought it back this most recent time. But yeah, I think like, that that's the only one I could really point to. So that would be an interesting list if we wanted to try and tackle that at some point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Let's do it. It doesn't have to be the immediate sequel, but we, we should definitely do that. Uh, okay. So, uh, maybe we'll take a little musical interlude and then we'll come back with uh, a little, what we've been watching movie slash TV edition. Sound good. Sounds perfect. All right. Well, do you have a, a song perhaps that you want to shout out as well? And this can serve as a, a little music, uh, music arc. Yeah, I would love well. to. Let's listen. Uh, let's listen to a little Wake Up Next to God by Oso Oso. watching movie tv wise obviously we're probably not i you you threw up some mini reviews thank you for doing those by the yeah. way and uh this is probably a, another good time to remind people 
we are attempting to become a Rotten Tomatoes certified outlet, basically, by next year. And one of the quickest ways to do that, and one of the most helpful, is we have to have 200 reviews on Apple Podcast. 200 okay? ratings. Specifically through the iTunes store. 200 ratings, excuse me, not yeah. reviews. All you got to do is click five stars. Uh, but Make that would help tremendously. So we encourage all of you to do that. Um, hopefully at some point they'll be like, hey, if you have this many on Spotify, because that seems like that's where things are trending. But for now, that's how they do their metrics. So if you're not subscribed uh, over there, do head over to the podcast app on your iPhone. If you're an iPhone user or if you if you do have Android but you still use iTunes, go over to the store or the podcast section and give us a five-star rating. It would help tremendously. Uh, so anyways, thank you for doing those reviews. You talked about Wendy and The Hunt. So I don't feel like we need to hit those other than to say that I also loved Wendy. Uh, I thought it was incredible. Uh, and I mentioned earlier I saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which lived up to all of the wonderful glowing praise that I had heard about it beforehand. I know you caught it as well. And ah, so seems good. like you agree. Oh, top notch. Beautiful. Yeah. Just exquisite. Fan- fantastic movie. It, yes, one of the few times where I'm like, yeah, you see exquisite in pretty much every little blurb about this movie. And I so rarely use that word, but it that movie is fucking exquisite. What what a thing. Uh absolutely loved it. Uh what have you you didn't make any other trips to the theater, did you? All been um, home watches? I've seen a lot actually. I've seen I've seen recently I've caught a few. Um I got myself one of those movie pass things for AMC and so I got to go Perfect see Perfect time to uh to have the movie yeah, pass, what? eh? It totally panned out well. They've actually put it on pause now because all the AMCs are, are closed. It's, just, it's so funny. You and I were talking earlier in the year when you got it where I was like, yeah, dude, but unfortunately, this is kind of the dead zone. Like, things don't really pick up until, like, April, kind of, and and then this happened. So, yeah. yeah. So, I've seen um, Wendy, loved it. The Hunt was fine. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, loved it. The Invisible Man, saw The Invisible Man. It was, Which you, I, go ahead. I'd give it a positive review, but uh, not a glowing review. Well, um, I have yet to catch it. I was going to say we should shout out that The Hunt and The Invisible Man are going to be available um, for 20 bucks each, I think. Yeah, on uh, VOD. On Friday, so I, I think you're probably hearing this on Friday or late Thursday night if, you, if you're already on board. Uh, but yeah, so you can go watch those yourself. I plan on watching both of those because can't go to the movie theater and 20 is not ridiculous and might as well you know support the industry when it's uh when it's dipped down a bit so i will be checking those out i'll have my opinion eventually but i'm not i'm not amped considering what you've told me about either one of them (laughs) so i like elizabeth moss man i think she does a great job but i do not love the action sequences that come out of like a lot of jump scare Mm -hmm. moments a lot of finicky cgi of like floating guns and stuff that just like didn't do it for me you know um, All right. But everything Elizabeth Moths does is just wonderful. Um, so it's a weird balance. It's a weird little mixture. Um, and then before that, I saw The Lodge and I saw Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, so that was about my so- last month in uh, in movie watching in theaters. Gotcha. Wow, I go to a lot of movies in theaters. Yes, um, you do, sir. <laughs> um, I am still hoping to see The Lodge at some point whenever it does become available to rent. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, oddly, now, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited to see it because, you know, people were not 
down on it. I've heard a lot of people go as far as to say it's one of maybe like the two or three best video game movies, which is not saying much. That is not a tough hurdle to something. jump. Yeah. What's that? Said so being one of the best video game movies is not a, a tough hurdle to jump. Um, yes, not at all. That's typically, those are typically <laughs> but very I, bad. I, I do look forward to both of those. Um, I, I have one that's streaming right now. Um, not streaming, rather. It, it's available for rent through streaming. you got to pay for this one. Um, I checked out a movie called Swallow, which I believe played on the festival circuit last year and is just now creeping its way into limited release and online release, obviously. Um, it stars Miss Haley Bennett, and it is about a newly married, um, kind of bored young housewife um, who starts to develop a strange habit of uh, swallowing uh things that are not edible um just watch the trailer and you, you might be on board it's a, it's a pretty twisted little psychological thriller very unnerving in parts um and kind of ends up becoming about way more than you thought it was going to be about initially it's it's a movie that kind of it keeps you guessing not in a um what's going on here kind of way but more of just like a what's going to happen next like things escalate way quicker than you think they're going to and it kind of continues to surprise you where it ends up uh, maybe left me struggling a little more with like what came before it but I think it's worth checking out if you're in the mood for something a little weird and a little off the beaten path but that's uh, Swallow okay she looks like a different Um, version of Jennifer Lawrence in that poster I agree with you Um, very different performer and I actually she's really the, the reason to see it she's incredibly solid in it and uh, just from a, an aesthetic standpoint and directing style, like I, I really enjoyed it. So, a little more of a mixed bag, but I, I still recommend Swallow quite a bit. Um, I think that kind of does it for the newish things I've seen. I'm trying to save a little bit because I know Gavin's coming down to record sometime soon, and uh, we got to get into a few other things. We already talked about Bombshell in the midst of our TV episodes, and uh, I, I guess. Uh, Let's let's transition to TV or back to TV rather. Uh, what are you, what are you watching right now? What are you keeping up with? What are you excited for coming up? Because TV is the one thing that is not slowing down at all. Uh, it just keeps on coming. Keeps ramping up. Uh, currently going through Real Brothers of Simi Valley. Um, I think it's. I am uh, one episode behind actually. I still no need to watch last Fridays. Yeah, no secret that uh, that we all kind of enjoy that. It's a blast. It's yes. uh, the right amount of that dumb. Is a, with the a perfect amount of wit. favorite for sure. Yeah. And then um, watch the first episode of Westworld. I think I'm a little bit more high on it than you are, but I, I'm enjoying to see where it's going to go. Um, yes. I am. I just have my, I have my guard up because I wanted it to come back and just you got be hurt like, oh, last season, like, man. You got hurt. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not even hurt. Just a little like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. Like right. <laughs> that was just kind of a deflated feeling by the end of the season. What? And I got to be honest, I was hoping for more of a straight hard reboot and not being kind of thrown into the deep end of like, okay, we're cutting across. There's a lot of different stories going on right now. There's a lot of setup clearly. Uh, but I wanted maybe more of a clean reset for the pilot. And I felt like it was very much a, yeah, we got to address what happened at the end of season two. And I get that, but I, as I told you, by the end of it, kind of the last 10 minutes as things were paying off and like coalescing a little bit, I was like, okay, I kind of see where we're headed for the rest of the season or at least the next few episodes, and I'm excited for it. So 
uh, tentatively excited about the remainder of Westworld Season 3. A sci-fi show that I am 100% on board for, though, is Devs, which I know you still need to start watching, so I'll I'll spare you any details. Uh, But I'll just say I'm incredibly excited to watch Episode 4. That'll put them midway through, so we got a couple more weeks of Devs. It's a great time to catch up, people. Do not sleep on this one. I feel like it's getting a little lost in the shuffle, but it is... It's some of the best just sci-fi storytelling and just like mystery thriller. It's very, it's a very unnerving show, very unsettling, uh, and kind of just holds you in its grasp the whole time it's on. I can't take my eyes off of it. Uh, I started Kingdom season two, uh, the Korean Walking Dead meets Game of Thrones uh, zombie epic. Uh, highly recommend it. I've been shouting about it for at least the last year across the feeds. Uh, yeah, season two's just as good as the first. It seems like the budget even got upped a little bit more, which is saying something. It it has a uh, an opening battle sequence in season two that I would say rivals pretty much anything in like the first four seasons of Game of Thrones. Um, and it's just kind of a toss off. It's like, yeah, this is the first ten minutes. We're gonna up it next episode, like because we, we can. Um, incredible stuff. I st- I still can't believe how they shoot a lot of that series. Great stuff. Um, anything else on the TV front? Um, no. Devs is definitely one of the the blind spots. I just finished the third season of Sabrina, uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Um, nothing Which, super big to write home about, but it's one of those watches that like, if you kind of dig the Buffy scene, if you kind of dig, um, you know, charm, supernatural, that type of stuff, like it's gonna fill your cup a little bit. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's definitely watchable. Netflix is doing a good job of what uh, the kind of their output um, and the way in the just the production value behind things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, had fun with it. Like a seven and a half, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, right. but not bad at all. I've still yet to dive in. I was intrigued by the initial trailers for season one. I, I love Kiernan Chipka, of course, from Mad Men, but I just I never got on board. And then it's like I turned around and I'm like, wait, season three. Like, what? What? I thought that show just started, so uh, yeah, I I may save that for a an October binge, perhaps. Um, that's that sounds like that because aren't there have they done like split seasons? Like, didn't they come back around the like Christmas last year? Yeah, there was a so they essentially 2018 around the Halloween time the first season came out. Um, there was a Christmas special somewhere in there, and then mm-hmm. season two came out in the beginning of 2020 season three so i mean honestly in less than two years they've come out with three seasons of it um gotcha honestly within man 15 months there's been three seasons in a christmas special so they're working on it it's uh it's definitely they're they're kind of the workhorse netflix show right now but i I feel like netflix kind of does that you know the queer eye show um Mm -hmm. pumped out like four seasons and then it's been kind of dormant and so um I think Netflix sometimes just does that where they're just like, yeah, let's go. Let's continue. Cause the Witcher is already kind of, they're on pause yeah, right now. Of shooting got the go uh-huh. um, on the Netflix front. I did already burn through uh, season two of ugly delicious. It's uh, shorter than the first one, uh, which was a little bit of a letdown, but there's still quality episodes for sure. Uh, the steak one, probably my favorite. Um, I also enjoyed the, the, uh, the episode on Indian food. And, and pretty much all of them. Uh, the opener is the one that is getting to a lot of people because it's about it's about becoming a parent and how you juggle you know your fancy chef life with uh, a, a new newborn. So 
I know that tugged at the heartstrings of a lot of people. I myself am not a father yet, so maybe didn't hit me in the way that everybody else has been raving about it, but it's a good opener to the season, and I still love the show. But uh, the, the first season of Ugly Delicious, my God, that is still probably my favorite piece of food-related entertainment, uh, in recent memory at least. So uh, go catch up with that show. I, I think I am pretty much done. I'm going to save 000 for when Gavin and I can talk about it. Uh, and, uh, yes. and Better Call Saul uh, is fantastic right now. They're five episodes in as well, midway through the season. It's uh, it's one of the best shows on TV. What more can I say? You should be watching it if you're not already. I will I will do that, maybe. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to hit before we get out of here, man? No, nah, we've hit enough. We're on like the hour mark. We gotta let the people yeah. go listen to other nice, things. Nice little tight top five. Uh, check back up in the feed for those many reviews from Sunshine if you haven't listened to them. Uh, I will say we do still have part two of our uh, top twenty albums of the decade pod yeah. headed your way. I should have time to finish editing that uh, shortly. This one will probably go up a lot quicker, so you might see this beforehand. But stay tuned. Part two is coming. Uh, and yeah, stay tuned in the network. We're gonna try and help you guys get through this. Do our do our own little part and get out some consistent episodes uh throughout our downtime so uh stay safe out there continue to wash your hands practice social distancing uh and and keep it locked to the arc of e network uh check out our archives and all of our old feeds and such there's there's hours and hours of content if you are so inclined uh so i i guess we should say goodbye uh thank you very much Mr. Sunshine Mayfield for being on the show. Anytime. It was a pleasure. Uh, and we will, you and I will get together soon for another top five, I'm sure. And uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll do like a joint watch. Maybe one of, uh, you know, I'm sure we're going to get a few more movies that are going to be straight to digital. Maybe some high profile releases. Uh, maybe something big on Netflix coming. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, we'll get together soon and do something and continue to practice our own social distancing with you in North Carolina and me here in South Carolina. Uh, until next time for the Arc of E podcast, I have been Noah. I am Sunshine Mayfield. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, bye. Okay, bye. It's a bye. Shattered dreams, worthless years. Here am I encased inside a hollow shell. Life began, then was done. Now I stare into a cold and empty well. The many sounds that meet our ears, the sights our eyes behold, will open up our merging hearts and feed our empty souls. Thank you.